This podcast is brought to you by Sales Fuel Hire, a platform to help companies hire smarter and flag 13 toxic employee types. Measure job fit, sales tendencies and motivators, decision-making abilities and empathy levels, and make your next hire your best hire. Try it now on salesfuel.com slash hire and use promo code MANAGESMARTER for $50 off your first purchase. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Performing misconduct investigations in the post-Me Too and post-George Floyd era, things are changing very rapidly in this space, and our guest today is an expert in this, Lee. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. Well, certainly, uh, this, this is a topic that continues to be in the news and for good reason. And, uh, you know, boy, the, the business world has been upended with, with COVID, Delta variant, return to work, uh, not to mention all the social justice things that have been going on in the real world at the same time. So couldn't be more timely. And uh, boy, you know, we've got a guest here or whatever who has some vast experience in this area and uh, some very interesting experience as well. I cannot wait to kind of dive into this one, Audrey. That's right. And you are our CEO, Celie Smith. Let's oh, that's right. Lee. I have to say that's right. I'm <laughs> Celie Smith, the president and CEO of Sales Fuel. Welcome. <laughs> and uh, Kia Roberts is here today. Good morning, Kia. Thank you for coming to our microphones. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. Kia is a, <clears throat> I guess, heavy hitter would be a, a way I would describe her. She is the founder of Triangle Investigations, which performs third-party investigations for companies into allegations of misconduct, including sexual harassment, discrimination, and bullying. Prior to founding Triangle Investigations, Kia was the first ever director of investigations for the National Football League. And prior to that, worked as a senior assistant district attorney and homicide prosecutor in the Brooklyn District Attorney's office. And you got your JD counselor at Vanderbilt, right? That's right. So yeah. Wow. Well, welcome to the show. I mean, I, I guess one of the places I wanted to start was to talk about kind of culturally where our snapshot is right now. And you talk about tightening the standards for diving in. If you're having an issue in your company, what are the new standards? And it seems like they're changing all the time. Absolutely. And that's such a good question. Thank you again for having me. So You know, what's interesting about this post-Me Too moment, as you said during the introduction, um, you know, what's interesting is when the Me Too movement was happening, it was like, oh, is this just kind of a blip in the pan? Is this kind of just a, a weird cultural moment? And I think what we've seen over the last few years has been a complete shift and changing sensibilities about what is appropriate behavior and what's not appropriate behavior. But moreover, what's really happened is that the level of risk has gotten increased to such a high level for organizations that allow misconduct of any kind to go on unchecked, right? So, you know, <laughs> I was like, I, I want to see if we can get through this podcast without mentioning Governor Cuomo. I don't think oh, it's no, going to happen. Gonna happen. Not gonna I, happen. I was ready for you. I was ready. <laughs> so here we go. And let's dive in. I mean, the irony aside that Cuomo 
was, you know, one of the people who spearheaded the legislation that went through in New York in 2019 that totally upended the rules around sexual harassment and the laws for employer liability. So it did things like increasing employer liability generally, changing the standard of proof for what an employee needs to prove to be successful against an employer for a sexual harassment claim, mandatory training, mandatory written policies around the workplace that social har sexual harassment will not be tolerated, and of course, here we are today. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not laughing because it's funny, but it's just, it's so ironic and strange. But I bring up what Cuomo helped do with the legislation to really make the point that we're starting to see a codification of this greater movement, right? So when a movement occurs and it actually results in new laws being created or laws being changed to really speak to the moment, you know, that's not a moment, that's, that's a movement. And I think that's where we are now. What I also think has happened over the last several years, and I saw a news anchor say this on television and I loved it so much that I stole it. So they talked about the democratization of the microphone. And that's what social media has done over the last several years. So if you're in a job or in a work environment where you feel like you're not being treated well for whatever reason, and either you personally, or you can get a group of coworkers and you can take to social media and you can tweet at, a reporter from the New York Times, or you can, you know, there's so many different mediums that you can use to really talk about misconduct within your workplace and how you feel like it is or isn't being handled. And that has employers really up in arms and really thinking outside of the box as to what is the best way to really keep their finger on the pulse of misconduct within the employee experience. So let's talk about Cuomo. So there's a classic case of you know, rules for thee, but not for me. So how does, <laughs> so when you are a manager or a leader within a company and you, know, you want to do the right things, you want to be in tune with the moment and you want to keep up with the times, but also do what's best for your employees and for the company, uh, you know, don't you really have to think about cleaning up your own act first before you actually you know, take that microphone and take that position? Absolutely. Could not agree with that more. And I think what's so striking about the Cuomo report is that you realize how rotten that culture was top to bottom. So it didn't seem like there was one or two bad actors and one or two accusations. It really was baked into the culture that misconduct was occurring, being ignored, and even at times encouraged, and there was no real outlet which you could really complain about it. Well, and that is actually, I think, part of the Cuomo story that I don't hear being talked enough about. And maybe by the time that, you know, if someone's listening to this podcast a few months down the road, we talked about, but I think there's a classic case of bullying. I mean, when I see Cuomo, I see how, how he ran the governor's office there and like that. He's a classic bully. I mean, would, what, what's Absolutely. your take on that? Absolutely. No. And it involves bullying and bullying is such a loose term. Um, but any type of bullying that results in the creation and maintenance of a hostile work environment opens employers up to tremendous liability. Mm, big so time. There's an investigation that we have going right now um, at a very large multinational nonprofit. And it's been very interesting speaking to the employees about how do they categorize the misconduct that they've been victims of. And the one word that everyone keeps coming back to is, you know, it really just felt like bullying, right? It felt like bullying. It's, he's, you know, sending me emails at 6 a.m. He's, he's, you know, screaming at me in meetings, right? Just, what do you call that? And bullying encompasses a lot of different behaviors, but it still creates tremendous employee, tremendous, excuse me, liability for employers when it's not appropriately addressed and eradicated. So what should you be doing proactively now that's different from, say, even a year ago, if you're a business owner? 
So every business owner, small, medium, or large, needs to have a very firm code of conduct speaking to misconduct. So this is our position on sexual harassment. This is our position on bullying. This is our position on diversity and inclusion issues. That needs to exist. Every employee needs to have it either in hand or on their laptop if they're working remotely and be really told about this in a very in-depth way. Like not, here you go, you know, to go sit in like some dustbin on your computer, right? Like really read through this and engage with the employees so that they understand what the rules of the road are within the organization. The other thing, and I think this has been a very big shift over the last year, is that nothing can be ignored anymore when it comes to allegations of misconduct. Nothing. So, you know, the head in the sand approach, let's just hope this goes away, doesn't work. And what we tell a lot of our clients is that this is the, the state of affairs currently is that when you hear about an allegation of misconduct, and maybe it's not misconduct, maybe somebody is just having interpersonal issues, you can't ignore any of it. And all of it requires either one or two things. It requires either an inquiry or an investigation. An investigation is not needed for every, you know, allegation, every complaint, but at least a few questions need to be asked so that you can pro properly monitor, engage exactly what the allegations are. Before things explode publicly, you know, you get boycotted, you get poor press, you get an investigative report in the New York Times about things going on within your organization. That helps you kind of stay out of the fray of, of those bad things happening. How would you recommend uh, businesses and managers dealing with the anonymity of social media as it pertains to disgruntled employees who get fired for performance or, or whatever reason, and then they're upset that they lost their job or whatever, and they're looking for a pound of flesh. And so, you know, things are said that are not, you know, not remotely true or whatever, but it's like, so, but it's important that you don't blame the victim. And you certainly, not only do you never want to retaliate when they're an employee, I don't think it's a good idea to retaliate when they're not an employee, when they're alumni and everything like that. What would you say to that? Right. So that, unfortunately, is one of the unwieldy things of social media that we can't really control. So disgruntled employees taking to social media and saying, this is my experience, can't do much about that. It becomes a problem, though, when you have 10, 15, 20 people who have all left the organization saying that they had a similar experience with respect to misconduct. So this was a very bad environment for bullying. I was overworked and underpaid. I was discriminated against because I'm black. Once you start to have people kind of add up in numbers that have left the organization and taken to social media to voice those complaints, you have a problem. Mm -hmm. What is this accountability audit? I was reading them for show prep. Is that something that, um, is fairly inexpensive for small businesses to do? And what it, what is it and how long does it take? And what is it? You said it cuts down the misconduct rates substantially. Yeah, it does. So an accountability audit is when we come into your organization and we throw the doors open, right? And we say, would anyone like to talk to us about your experience here at work? And that enables us to really engage in a very granular approach to really identify pain points within the employee experience before they blow up. So that's not necessarily just related to issues around misconduct. That could be, you know, the hours here don't work for me as a working mom. Um, we have too many Zoom meetings and, you know, I have a lot that I'm juggling. And, you know, it can be a lot of different things that affect the employee experience. So we go through these interviews with any and all employees that want to speak to us. And then we generate a final report with very specific solutions for addressing pain points that we've identified within the employee experience, whether that's related to misconduct issues, 
the overall employee experience, DEI issues, and we're able to really help you create a path going forward that speaks directly to those issues and corrects them. You mentioned DEI. I read in your bio about uh, things that have changed in the post-George Floyd era. So how have things changed post-George Floyd? Right. So I think a lot of organizations have realized that, you know, despite having all of these DEI efforts and the chief diversity officer at all these very large organizations, the work really hasn't resulted in what they wanted it to do, right? So having a very inclusive workplace for people of color, having fairness with promotion, hiring and retention, like all across the board, um, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. So I always say that you can't manage what you haven't measured. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of organizations right now are engaged in doing that specific work of saying, okay, what are the problem points? What are these areas that are problematic? What I think has been very interesting over the last year is that there's really this conversation going on with thought leaders about what are specific and substantive steps that can be taken to like really make this work meaningful. So there's um, one large bank and last summer after the social justice protests, um, they actually formed their own unit within human resources slash employee relations where all they do is race-based claims. That's all they do is those investigations. So they're, you know, they're this intentionally diverse, competent and trained up group that all they do is investigate when employees make allegations that I was discriminated against because of my, you know, my race or ethnicity. So I think that's fascinating. Um, There's another proposal that's being shopped around a lot of really large organizations that they're starting to buy into where if an employee has three or more complaints made against them and it's related to race or ethnicity, it automatically triggers an outside investigator having to come in and do a full and comprehensive investigation. So those are just some things that are starting to to happen and that companies are starting to adopt as new measures and procedures. What kind of metrics would you recommend then for measuring uh, the inclusiveness? Right. You know, actually, so it doesn't get to the point where we're, we're measuring then the number of complaints. We're, we're actually measuring that, you know, not only have we hired them, you know, uh, my, more minorities and like that, they actually feel like they're a vital part of the company, a part of the fabric of what we're doing here. What kind of metrics would you recommend, you know, for measuring right. that sort of thing? Right. So I think the metrics that need to be measured are what does it look like in terms of hiring? What are our hiring numbers? What are our retention numbers? Are we having a very high turnover with a certain group of people? What are our promotion numbers? Who's getting promoted and who's getting raises and who's not? I also think that it is hugely beneficial for organizations to create processes where they're constantly checking in with employees. Right. Mm -hmm. So like not everybody wants to go to HR and make a formal complaint or actually like speak to HR at all, right? So just saying, you know, everybody knows that quarterly, we have this check-in, how's everybody doing? How are things are going? How are things going? And then that informs the steps that we take to make the culture that we want to have at the organization. I'm not a, obviously an attorney and I know that there's a, a, a discussion of this in lay terms and then there's the law, which you, and you work both sides of that Offense. But what I found really um, offensive, and I almost fell out of my office chair because I have a monitor here with CNN on all day, with Cuomo's non-apology apology, apology <laughs> was, he said, 
well, that's how they took it, you know, and I didn't mean it, but they just keep culturally keep moving the goal line around for like what's offensive and what isn't. And as Lee has observed, you know, it's how the person receives it. It's not what you intended. And so what are some of the, the definitions for you saying it is, I say it's misconduct, I was offended, but really legally it wasn't. I mean, how do those types of decisions get made? It's kind of mind blowing to me. Um when you clear somebody, right. so but somebody else is still question. offended, you know? Right. So I think that you have to be careful with like legal terms, right? So like discrimination is like a legal claim that opens an employer up to liability. Someone having a poor employee experience, and eh, that's not necessarily a legal claim for which an employer would be liable. So what I find to be helpful is when, um, clients are first kind of gauging interactions and trying to classify things. Is this misconduct? Is it this? Is it that? To really do the work of saying this is misconduct, which is one bucket, but and this is just interpersonal conflict, which is another bucket. Where it gets tricky is that when interpersonal conflict becomes really rife within an organization, then you now have a toxic or hostile work mm -hmm. environment, mm -hmm. right? So it may not be something where five people can go to a lawyer and sue the company. But, you know, if it leads to high turnover or lower productivity, you know, people taking to social media to complain, you have to be just as concerned about that. And I think that has been a major shift over the last several years where employers are saying, you know, well, if, we, if we're not legally liable, we don't care. You know, you have to care about the whole experience end to end. Interesting. You, you've created an app for people to, let's talk tech. Uh, for people to report misconduct. What is it called? Telly? Um, do you want to talk about that? Is that the new way to yes. report these things? How does it work? Uh, yeah. So Telly is available on Google Play and on Apple's App Store. And Telly works as a reporting mechanism for people to report misconduct within their organization. Um, what's the funny thing about Telly, and I was like, oh, maybe I, I just had a feeling. So Telly was developed pre-pandemic, um, pre super duper remote work, um, but it really has spoken to a lot of employers' concerns about misconduct that is occurring while employees are working remotely or kind of a hybrid model because employers are liable for misconduct that's happening even when employees work remotely. So Teleworks as a reporting mechanism for people to report misconduct within their organization. They go onto their app on the phone, and within 24 hours of having made the submission, our team at Triangle has made contact with the reporting party. And within 72 hours of having received the submission, we're able to provide the client with an investigative roadmap. And we handle the inquiry or investigation, depending on what's required at that point. Hmm. Wow. I have one of my good friends is an employment uh, law uh, lawyer. And uh, I asked him this question. I'm surprised the answer, but he tells me that, that the... Uh, Misconduct's actually gotten worse uh, during the pandemic, not not better because you'd think that we're removed from the workplace and everything like that, that things would get better. But but he tells me things have actually gotten worse. Uh, has that been your observation as well? Absolutely, absolutely, two hundred percent. And when the pandemic hit and everyone went home, I was like, okay, well, I have to handle homeschooling, and my husband and I are juggling our six-year-old and two-year-old. So I'm oh. like, well. <laughs> It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a quiet few months. Just let's lean into the homeschooling. And it was the exact opposite. So what I saw was kind of two different buckets. It was people 
that now because they weren't having to see their boss every day now felt emboldened mm -hmm. and not frightened to finally speak up about what their experience had been like when everyone was still in the office together. That was the first kind of a huge chunk of new clients. And then there was another chunk of clients where because they were working remotely, they felt much more comfortable with speaking up immediately when things happened. So things weren't festering, right? Um, there was an investigation that we did last summer that we call um, we call our uniquely 2020 investigation. So every allegation of misconduct occurred while everyone was happening was working remotely. Um, it, one allegation involved a black employee saying that her supervisor made her turn on her camera for Zoom meetings, but didn't make her white colleagues turn their camera on. Mm. Um, then there was another employee who said that their um, boss kept asking them, you know, when you were sick those last few weeks in March, was it because you had coronavirus in a way that he found to be like intrusive and offensive? Um, and then third of all, that another supervisor in some Zoom meeting was talking and laughing about how their father was a Trump supporter and that made people feel uncomfortable, right? So like, it was like every weird quirky 2020 component, like, you know, wrapped up in one investigation. But this was, you know, a large company that was concerned that, you know, if these people start leaving and, you know, they're saying that they've been discriminated against. We, we have to give this like a, a, a deeper look and a deep dive. And that's the work that we did on that investigation. But yes, Steely, you are absolutely right. It has it has skyrocketed. Wow. Fascinating. Sounds like you're busier than a one-armed paper hanger, but it's triangleinvestigations.com, everyone. Get a hold of Kia, because <laughs> I'm sure you can take on more people. She's and there's busy, no shortage but she, of customers, she can always take I'm one sure. more. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. This has been fascinating. I, I think your work is just absolutely so interesting. And I mean, you talk about a, a career where you're constantly having to con continuing educate because the landscape is moving at a million miles per hour. Wow. So congratulations on all your Thank success. You so and yeah, we, we really appreciate the advice on the show today. Appreciate your time. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.